Cosequin ASU pellets, the joint health supplement veterinarians and champions choose when performance matters, comes in a tasty pellet preferred by horses and horse owners. The ingredients have been shown in cell culture studies to be more effective in reducing the breakdown of cartilage than glucosamine and chondroitin sulfate alone. Learn more at cosequinequine.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Ride. My name is Jillian Sinclair, and I'm here with my co-host, Nicole Cherico. Today, we have a very special guest with us. We have Shauna Brown, who is Horse and Riders Trainer of the Year with prizes brought to you by Cosequin. Shauna is a top NRHA youth and non-pro trainer and a Youth Equestrian Development Association coach. So, Shauna, thank you so much for being here with us today. Why don't you... Why don't we get started by you telling us a little bit about, you know, how you got started with horses and then we'll get into the whole journey of, of becoming the trainer of the year. Okay, absolutely. I'm so excited. I, I can't really believe that this happened. My story is unique in the fact that as a kid, my dad actually did all of our training. He took me around as a kid. I had a really awesome pony, but I didn't, I, we never went anywhere big time we he started showing reigning horses in the early 90s and taught me everything and know like so I didn't I didn't ever work out of a big barn I didn't know what a training barn was like I never took lessons anywhere it was just he and I and so basically I started riding when I was little little you couldn't really keep me out of the barn same story as any other kid that falls in love with horses early in life I was obsessed so I started showing in the walk trot classes when I was really little and my dad showed reining horses so I did fall in love with that and I didn't even I actually didn't start reining until I was 13 back then way back then there was no such thing as a 10 and under class or a short stroke class or something with two spins and no lead changes. So as soon as you started to do it, you were, you were right in, you did it one handed, you did the whole thing. I started doing that when I was 13, I showed one or two horses my entire life. I loved dabbling in a lot of things. And my dad told me if I wanted to learn how to ride hunt seat, I would have to buy all my tack and do all that on my own. And I did. So I actually went to college to be a writer and was going to write for horse and rider. That's what I wanted to do. And realized pretty quick that one article a month was not going to pay for my horse habits. So I got a real job right out of college. And the lady that I was working for at the time had a kid that was probably nine or 10 at the time. And I started teaching her. I helped her. And about a year into that, she says to me, Sean, I'm paying you more to work with my daughter and her horses and I'm paying you working here. Why are you here? So I left. And I, it's crazy to think the things that we're doing now compared to the things I was doing then. We had a, a two horse steel horse trailer. I put my old reigning horse on one side. I put another older horse that we had on the other side. I had a pony that I leased. We popped in on the butt and it went right in between those two geldings and we hauled all over the place like that. So I had two or three kids that were, were riding for me at the, at the time and we went to local horse shows. And if they won a ribbon in the walk trot class, I thought that was awesome. I had a, a paint horse that I started as a two-year-old when I was 18 
And locally, he was really good, and I won a ton on him. And so everybody in the world wanted to bring me a horse. So that's kind of how it started. And, and, and I rode everything. I rode halflingers and ponies, and I had a Morgan Arabian 17-year-old that had never been ridden, and I had to ride that thing. I, I mean, things somebody would bring me, I would ride. I had to. And my whole thought process on that always was, if the work quits coming, I'll just go work at Walmart. Like if that's, if that's what happens, like that's what happens. And it just kept coming and it built little by little. And I was really big into the Pennsylvania state 4-H for a long time. The last year that I went there, I took like 16 kids. I I were thinking that the only thing I wanted in the whole entire world was to win a, a Pennsylvania state title in something i didn't even care what it was i just wanted these these kids to have that and and last year i had which this is not a big deal but last year i had four kids that went and they won state titles without me even there so it's just kind of the progression that's i know in the big world of horses like that's not a big deal but that started me like that got me going and i helped those kids that really didn't have any other help or you know, couldn't go to a big rainy barn and get somebody that would help them. And so I would say, well, if you want to work hard enough, come on down. We'll figure it out. Like I can teach anything how to spin. It just might not spin really good. So that's kind of, that's kind of where it started. And then it just built and it built and it built and it built. And I had an accident in 2012. I had a horse that came over backwards on me and smashed me. And it that and at that point I was doing the all around stuff. I was going to paint shows. I was going to quarter horse shows. I was going to rainings. I was going to open shows. I was doing everything that I possibly could do. And at that point, I decided that I was just going to do the raining and the ranch. And I didn't think I could do it. It's like it's too big of a sport. It's too hard. It's not something that I that I'm going to be able to draw enough people here in my area, which is in the middle of nowhere. And I just kind of put it out there and it happened. So pretty neat. And then in 2018, I, I had a, a little girl that won the short stirrup reigning at the Congress. So like I said, like, I, I'm, I'm shocked that I won this because we're just a little humble place. Like we don't, I mean, I've not won a million world titles. My kids have not won a million world titles. We're not on the road all the time. Like we're not doing what some of the guys on that list with me are are out there doing, we're just not doing that. But I mean, I do have over a hundred people that 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 ride here with me that I affect in a really big way and help them to be able to do something that they love with and and like I guess help them to believe that they that they're able to do it. Like even if they don't have a sixty thousand dollar horse or or a seventy thousand dollar horse or even right now an eighty thousand dollar horse, like. If they have a, a backyard pony and they want to figure it out, I will help them do that. So I think that's what's different about my program and also why I was so shocked that I won. So that's that's kind of where my background took me. I, I really started at the bottom and never had any intentions of being here. Like if you'd asked me when I was 18 years old, if I would be doing this or I would have I mean, be talking to you guys. No way. Uh uh-uh. so this is this is really really cool well I, I think the thing that makes trainer of the year trainer of the year you don't have to be the seven million dollar reigning rider you don't have to be the one that's getting the half a million dollar horses and 
you know, traveling to all the biggest horse shows in the world. Being trainer of the year means that you are making an impact on a lot of people's lives and you're bettering the sport and being a really great representative of the sport of Western riding. So that it's we're so honored that you were you were submitted by some of your customers and we got to learn more about you because you are the definition of you know what we as horse and rider look for in representatives of the sport you're doing so much to give back to the community and that is so much more important than winning you know x y or z big horse so i i think that's true but that's hard to convince people sometimes i just i mean i think too like in the in the horse training industry in general and this is a little bit off topic but something that i think is really 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 important is you know, we post on Facebook all these things that we're doing that are awesome. Like even me winning this, like this is awesome. I could not wait to put that out there. But like we don't talk about in the past 20 years of horse training, how many times I wish I wasn't doing this and how hard it is and how how bad you want to quit and what a hard job it is. Like I don't think I don't think we talk about that that as much as we should because i think it is really really hard and keeping keeping going and trying to trying to keep up with what everybody else is doing all the time is really hard that's something really important to anyone out there that's listening that that is starting in this like i think it's really important to like be okay with starting at the bottom like get yourself two or three watch hot kids and teach them about horses take them to the open shows support those shows and then like just realize that it's going to be a really really hard long road to get to get to where you want to go depending on where that is i'm not i'm like not really putting this out there like i want to but like it's just it's just really hard like day after day year after year trying to keep up and then have a life at the same time so I tell young trainers all the time or girls that girls or boys that, that come here that they're like, oh, we want to train. I'm like, hey, you have to be you have to be willing to give up everything. I don't I don't have any children of my own. I I mean, the last time I went to a wedding, I don't know when that was. There are no graduation parties. I don't get to go to birthday parties like I don't get to, I get to be working when everybody else is off. So it's it's been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in order to get to a point where somebody recognized what I was doing. And that's awesome. Like, yeah. Awesome. I I think that's such a great thing about this, you know, the trainer of the year program is because I don't, people don't really realize how hard horse trainers work, especially the ones that, you know, don't have a barn full of hundred thousand, half a million dollar horses. You know, you guys are busting your butts every day. And I mean, every horse trainer is, but it's just, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to, find trainers that we haven't worked with before and, you know, and, and have submissions from people and, and find the ones that really deserve this kind of recognition because, because it's, it was obvious by your video and, and the other submissions that we got, you know, how much you guys are loved and, and you really do, you know, affect your clients' lives and, and it's a big part of their lives. So I know that that's something that you do a lot of is, is, is starting people. So, you know, helping people get their start, training horses, showing all of it. So can you tell us a little bit about your, your Yetta program and, and just, you know, what are some things that, that you're doing a lot when you're, when you're helping these kids and, and adults find their way into the horse show world? Absolutely. That's a loaded question because I do a lot. I think, I think the most important thing is, is just to support them. Like when somebody first, first comes in, the 
the first thing that I tell them is that it's really important that they like it here. So before they even commit to being on my team, before they commit to coming and riding, if it's a little kid, if it's a mom, if it's a grandma, like anybody that comes, I want them to to be comfortable here because if they commit to horse showing here, a lot of their lives will be here. So that's that's important to me that they like the program, that they enjoy being around me and that they enjoy being around everyone else that's here. I think if, if you were to ask a lot of my clients, I mean, I have people that drive their daughters or sons two and a half to five hours to come ride every week. And and truthfully, that's that's not because I'm the best coach or the best horse trainer. It's because their people are here. So they have a network of other women, other riders, other people that love the same sport that they do. And I think that that's important. So when I'm when I'm starting young riders, something that's that's also very important in my program is I have a a conversation with their parents that this this lifestyle if they're if their kid loves it it's hard it's expensive it is risky there's a, there there's a lot that goes involved in that and and that if the kid themselves does not love doing it more than anything else then they should find them another hobby i don't think i don't i don't deal with this a lot anymore but i've dealt with in the past parents that want it more than what their children want it and that's hard and it's hard to coach somebody like that so if they love it if they love it they work hard like I have little kids here that bust their butts and they work super hard and I push them because I know that I can and I know that it's in there so where where a lot of people watch me teach even go and and go wow, you're really hard on them, or they're just so tiny, or how do they even know what you mean? Well, they know. And, and they, that's, I think that's, that is what I can owe some of my success as a youth coach to is that I believe in them. Like, I think they can do it. And a lot of, a lot of youth coaches, a lot of beginner riding programs won't even start them until they're eight. I mean, my goodness, I have kids that are eight years old that can ride a horse better than I can. Sometimes they're wonderful. So I think, I think that's important. I think finding a coach that pushes the limit, but doesn't go over them. I think that's very, very important when you're looking for a coach for your kid, when you're looking for a horse trainer for your kid, if you're going weekly and you're in a lesson full of eight to 10 other children, and for the for the for the entire first year that you're there, you're walking around or you're getting a, a pony ride. They're not giving you enough. So I get a lot of people that come here that, that are like, oh, I've ridden for a year or two. And so then I ask them what experience they are. And they're like, well, she just had pony rides for a year or they just walked or whatever. Well, I don't think that that coach is giving your child enough. Now, on the other hand, safety is so important. So knock on wood, big time knock on wood. In the 20 years I've been doing this, I have not had any, any child or adult get hurt ever, which is, which is awesome. But I am super careful. I am a naughty when it comes to leading or being safe or riding alone or all of that stuff. Like I think that you need to find somebody when you were looking for a coach, you need to find somebody that you trust with your child enough to push them hard enough, but also to 
to take care of them. I don't, I'm not really saying this like I want to, but I think that, I think that that's really, really important. And I tell my kids all the time, like, you just have to trust me. Like, I know what you are capable of. I, I know. So as your coach, if I ask you to drop your stirrups and your horn and lope around on the right lead, if you think you can't do it and I know you can, then we will. And the point of that is as a kid, my, my dad, my coach pressured me into doing things that I didn't think I could do, but he knew I could. And that's what, that's what a coach is. And so even when I ride with him today, like if I'm into a problem spot and he tells me I can do it, I rely on him to help me get through that spot. And that's, that's what a coach should be. Somebody that gives you strength when you don't really have any. So I think that's important. I think having a coach that cares more about kids' overall well-being than their riding is really important too. And I think that is what makes me a little bit different than the regular horse trainer. I make sure that these kids are okay in school. I make sure that they're doing well in school. I make sure that, you know, teenage girls, I deal with teenage girls all day long. And if their boyfriend breaks up with them, they're not going to ride well. <laughs> so I, I need to know these things for them. I need to know how they're feeling. I need to know what's going on at home. I go to bed at night worried about them. And I think you need to find somebody in your, in your kid's life that that develops that relationship with them. They're not just somebody that comes in, rides in a in a group of ten people, pays you, and then and then leaves every week. I would I would suggest you get somebody that really cares about what your kid is doing more than what they're doing on the back of that course. Even I mean that that riding stuff. I I want my students to ten years from now, fifteen years from now. I want them even if they're not riding anymore i want them to take the stuff that they learned here and use it in life that's what i'm doing so. absolutely so obviously community i mean just from the sounds of it community seems to be a really big part of your barn program your philosophy and i think that's super important and a lot of people in those big horse show barns maybe don't get that same kind of community feeling as a program like you're running and my barn also has a very similar philosophy to you where they work with kids of all ages and, and horses i mean it's part horse rescue so we literally oh, get horses of every you know every walk of life but you know, the girls who own it, one of them's a Congress champion. So she has all the, the knowledge to give these children. But in the process, they've created this great community where I literally go into the barn and teenagers who are graining horses and helping the little kids saddle up. And, and they're all hanging out together when they're not working in the barn. And, and I think that's huge. And it sounds like you've done a really great job creating that same kind of community and maybe that was intentional maybe that just organically happened but it seems to be a really big part of your barn that that brings me to a, a really story when i when i started doing this like i said we did little open shows if i if i had three or four kids at the same show at the same time i thought that was awesome and then so you know we started to to build a little bit and i started to go to these AQHA shows, just small ones. And I had friends of mine that were riding 
at other barns and they would say to me, well, when, when, when we come in, like our shavings are in our stalls, the water buckets are hung, every, the tack room's perfect. And, you know, we just love that. And then our, our horses are lunged and we don't have to do anything. We just get to hang out. So for a minute, like I thought that was the way I wanted to run my, my horse showing experience. And give give that to people because that's what people were doing like I was like okay well if that's what a barn should do and I did that for about a year and a half and then I was like wait a minute like this is not what I'm trying to teach these kids like when you have a horse like there's a big responsibility with that and we're not just teaching them how to ride like I'm, I'm teaching these kids to be responsible so you know, when they come in, we help each other. We unload that that entire trailer, the tack room. I mean, there could be 18 of us at a show. We're unloading hay and shavings and da-da-da-da. And in half an hour, everything's done because we helped each other. So I, I charge a day fee at shows just like everybody else does. But unless you're an adult, you you take care of your own horse. Like, you make sure they have water. You make sure that they're stall is clean you wrap them you unwrap them i mean i have people that help me do all that too but i just think i just think that is just such an important part of learning horsemanship but not only learning horsemanship but this is a privilege like having horses and being able to show and do all this stuff like it's what these kids are doing is more than what i was even doing at that age and i and they're so lucky and the neat thing about my kids is is they know it like they treat this like it's something special, not something that just is like, oh, well, I'm at the horse show this weekend. The other different thing about my program is I, I ride these horses, but the kids keep their horses up 90% of the time. I had a young lady that showed last weekend. She marked a 73 and I haven't been on her horse in six months. I mean, she, and she's 13. Like she, she did that on her own. So that's a really neat part of my program too. But, and I think like when you say did like, do I, do I, do I try to make this great dynamic in my barn or did it just organically happen? Well, I think like attracts like, so when I first started doing this, we did have a lot of drama. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of stuff that happens in barns often. And I was 20 years old at the time. So I didn't, I didn't even really know how to handle it. And as I get older, I feel like my barn attracts a certain kind of person. And I also think that it's very important that these parents don't really get involved too terribly much in the program that I have. So I don't really know how to say that without it sounding wrong, but like I'm another parent for them. So if I say, hey, so-and-so, if you don't clean that stall tonight, or if you're saddled on the ground when I come back, you're not going to ride at that show next week or whatever it is. Like the parents are okay with that. Like they stand behind me. So I have a group of kids that is wonderful because of that, because we're a family. So I just, that's a, you know, that's a lot to keep up on. And it, it's, it's a lot to emotionally carry a, a lot of times, but I think that that's what makes it special here is that the big kids are helping the little kids and 
I don't know. It's just, it's just really neat that way. And that's what I'm doing work for everybody. I mean, they like, there's people that want to come in, want to ride, want to show, want to show their horse and leave. They don't, they don't want that. So that's not saying that like, this is the best thing ever, but it works here. And I think that, I mean, I have kids that get sent with me or with other kids to shows all the time. Like if their parents can't come, they're like, here, take my kid. Like, that's a big deal. So anyways. I think that that definitely shows the kind of coach that you are, you know, that you have parents that trust you to basically be another parent to their kid. And that's something that is really important, especially for parents that don't necessarily come from a horse background or something like that. You know, they have to have someone like you there to to guide their kids through this sport that is so much different than any other sport out there. I mean, it's just not even really comparable, especially with taking care of an animal and, and going to a show and being responsible for that animal and for what you're doing the whole weekend. So what's something that, you know, with your Yetta program, those kids, I assume for the most part, don't actually own a horse. So how do you, you know, teach the same lessons of responsibility and things like that with a kid that isn't necessarily owning or leasing a horse, but they're still showing and and being a part of that team? Well, let's talk about that program. Let's just like start at the beginning and then I'll wrap my way around to that. I love that organization. I got involved with Yetta six years ago, I think, basically because I consider myself to be a much better coach than I am a trainer. So I was like, okay, this is awesome because I don't have to train anything. I can show up and I can just coach. It's, it's just such a great program. The horses are great. The scholarship programs are great. The people are fantastic. So when, when I started my team, I was teamed up with a horsemanship person in our area. We've since split teams, but her team is wonderful too. And we had no idea. Like we didn't know what the catch. I, I didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. We were like, let's just have a team. So that first year we had eight to nine people on our team I got 46 now I decided that if I was gonna do this I was gonna be really good at it and I went headlong so the neat thing about this program is that no they don't have to have their own horse they don't have to own a horse or a saddle or tack or any of that now I would say that probably three quarters of my students that ride on the team do have a horse and they show regularly. The program is good for them because it keeps them showing. It puts them on horses that aren't theirs. It teaches them how to be a a showman, which I think is really, really important. But I also, coming back to what you asked, my, my favorite thing about the program overall is that in showing, you know, we all have a team, what, what we call our team. So like our barn is our team, right? But we don't show together. Like if you show in a class and you you win, like yay for the barn, but it doesn't help us. Like it doesn't help all of us. So the neat thing about team riding and, and the responsibility part of it is that, you know, you're you're carrying your team like when you go horse show you ride for your own points but you also ride for your team so if you have a bad a well that's all right because you've got somebody else that can that can hop up behind you and say i got you or you know like i i have such a big team and i i i a lot of my success is is because of that because if i have three or four or five kids showing in the raining 
one of them's going to do okay that day. So if, if you only have one, you've got one chance. If you've got five, you've got five chances. But all season long, like we'll see one kid have a really great day. One kid have a really bad day. And, and what's neat about team riding different than a regular barn is like it brings you so much closer the other thing our team too like i don't do any tours at those shows so we have a team we take 30 some kids each show so 30 some kids equates to 11 horses so we're hauling a ton of horses every weekend so i've got kids that come help me get packed I've got kids that show up there to make sure that we get everything unpacked on time. I have a list of people that do evening tours, morning tours, help with horse holding. Um, There's so much involved in that. And I think that that teaches them that you can't just show up at the horse show and leave. The other thing about my team is if you show, you have to be there at eight o'clock in the morning. And you don't leave until it's all over. Like if if we're a team, we're there as a team. So those are really awfully long days. Absolutely. Sometimes it's cold and sometimes we have a really long ride home. But I think that that's important. You know, if 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 your teammate had to had to ride first thing at eight o'clock in the morning and then leaves, but you have to show at seven o'clock and nobody's there, that's terrible. So that's something else that that I do. And I just, I, that program has built my lesson program hugely. A lot of times the kids come, they want to lease a horse. They want to keep showing. They want to get involved in something else. So I can't, I can't say enough good things about the, the people there, the organization that they've made. It's growing and it's growing and it's growing. Like I said, the horses are awesome. So in, in, in my team riding program, my my indoor arena is really little, really little. So all winter, a lot of my colleagues teach, you know, five to six people at a time, or they do a Thursday night ride and a Tuesday night ride. Something that I do that's a little bit different is I only teach usually two people at a time. So if you've got 40 some kids on your team, that's a lot of hours, but it, it's committed hours. And I feel like I get a lot more done that way other than just, no, I'm not saying that the other way is bad. It's just, that is, that is what I have done that works. So if you're thinking that you want to get started in this program, but you don't have a great big place, you can do it. Like there's ways, like you can figure it out. This it's, it's just wonderful. And if you're hearing this right now and your kid is not involved in this and they show horses, they should be, it's just fantastic. So I've seen so many great kids come out of, you know, these team riding programs that would if without this, they would never have even had the opportunity mm-hmm. to show a horse. And, and it's it's really cool watching kids from different backgrounds and different areas of the state and and the country even meeting each other and becoming friends and showing together and becoming teammates when when they never would have met each other before. They never would have even, you know, had a reason to to do all of these things. And it's something that I, I really, really like watching. And, and I think that it's kind of like a foundation of what our industry is going to become because without kids that are willing to work this hard and, and dedicate this much time, you know, where's it going to go from there? You know, we need right. programs like this to, to keep building our youth numbers. So I, I love that it's, it's a great way for kids to become introduced to the sport without having to go all in and buy a horse or lease a horse and, you know, jump into it. It's, it's, I, I really love watching it. So I'm so glad that there are so many coaches out there like you that, that see the same thing and, and see how important it is. 
Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that that's really important in, in our industry in general, in, in, in life in general is teaching people the value of working hard. I think, I think that that's, that that's really, really important. And I, I also something that when you're talking about team writing that I think is really neat. When I started this, I was like, Oh, there's no raining actual like dedicated coaches that, that rain. So we're going to come in there and we're gonna blow this up. Like I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna be so good. We're gonna be so good. Oh my God, was I humbled. Team riding is so much different. And we got our butts kicked for a long time until I figured out how to coach that and how to teach these kids how to be showmen and not not try to push the buttons that their horses have. Like, and that's that's something that I encourage parents even now too. Like team riding and real life showing is completely different. So if you have a, 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 a child that wants to ride in college, they need to be riding in high school. It is not the same thing. Uh, I mean, riding, riding your horse at a horse show and riding team riding. I have had so many kids that came in that were the best in the country in what they do and struggled in that team riding for a long time. It's it teaches you so many different things that you don't get on your own horse. It also evens the playing field so much. Like a lot of my kids are not riding really expensive nice horses or just really nice horses. Let's take out what they cost. Let's just take that out. Like a lot of them they just don't have access to that or to keep their horses here all the time. Like they just, they can't do that. So it is so neat to watch the kid who maybe could never afford to show at the Congress, go in and get to compete against kids that are doing this and beat them. Like that's neat because it it evens everything out. It's also really neat to watch the kid that is successful in, in real life showing, keep pushing through this team riding atmosphere and figure it out. That's really neat too. And there's just, there's so much that goes into team riding that people just, I didn't, I had no idea. Like I, like I said, like I look back at that and I just shake my head. I'm like, Oh, you just had no idea. But I thought, I thought we were going to go in there and just wreck them. And that's, that's not what happened. And I, I remember complaining that oh, that horse was terrible and nobody could ride that horse. And then somebody else's kid hopped on it and rode it and it was awesome on it. And I was like, oh, well, okay. We just have to work harder. That's definitely something that is so hard. I feel like for outsiders to understand about the team riding program is how hard the catch riding aspect makes it. You know, you can look at it and say, oh, that's so easy. I'm just going to go do this horsemanship pattern or do this training pattern. Like, whatever, that's what I do at my shows all day long. And then they actually get out there and they're on horse that isn't theirs and that they're not used to. And I've seen some kids that have great careers in their, you know, at breed shows with their own horses and they've tried to do team riding and they just can't. (laughs) Mentally, they are not you know, prepared for, yes. for the catch riding part of it. That's how do you, how do you teach that to someone that, you know, is either just new to riding in general or new to catch riding? What are some things that, that you focus on when, when teaching one to prepare for a catch ride? Oh, that's a really good question. It's, I, I actually find that the kids that have less horse show experience do really well. They, or like the kids that show local and are riding horses that don't have a lot of buttons on them or barrel racers, especially. I, I have had such success in horsemanship 
to those kids because they're not scared. We teach all the time. You have to feel like you have to feel, you have to feel like feel, 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 feel. And we teach that in real life riding, but you know, your horse, like that's what the difference is. Like, you know, what your horse is going to do. You know how it's going to react. When you put your leg on like this, it's going to happen like this. When you, what the difference is between your horse in the warm up pen and your horse in the show pen. Like when you're showing your own animal, you know that. So I teach feel, 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 feel all the time. I also, something that we, we run into a lot is that a lot of the younger riders, if the horse handler, so the person holding your horse, tells you, hey, this horse is really lazy or spur stops or whatever. So whatever they say, I find that my kids that are just learning, they do exactly what the person said. They don't adapt to the horse that they're on. And I think that being able to adapt is the biggest and hardest thing. And also being able to take whatever preconceived notion that you have of this horse, put that to the back of your head and remember it, but then ride what you have. What that horse feels like when it's happening. I think that that is the, like, that is the absolute hardest thing. To my older riders, I had a girl that showed with me for years and she was super talented. She started team riding and only showed one year, her, her last year of high school. And she started out really good. And then she had some horses that were really hard and she started doing things that just weren't her. And I was like, what, like, what are like, what's happening? And she said, well, I think what happens and, and for any team rider out there that's hearing this, like, I loved this. Like she said, I think what happens is you tell me all these things. The other coach of who owns the horse tells me all these things. The horse handler tells me all these things. I watch this horse warm up and I have all these thoughts in my head, but they're not my thoughts. And she said, I think you need to give me one or two things and I think I just need to go in there and ride this horse. Like whatever horse I have underneath of me, I need to ride that one without trying to do what everybody else is saying. And that worked for her. And I think that that, like, I think that that was a really big, a really big moment for me because as a coach, man, I want to be jabbering at them the whole way in. Pick your hand up, pick your chin up with this. Da, 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 da. Like I want to be with them the whole time. I ride every step with them while they're out there. So letting her be able to figure that out on her own was really big and so that you know that's something that I do too is I I really I look at my riders some riders do best if I leave them alone some riders I'll say hey y'all right over there and they'll give me the thumbs up and we're fine some riders need my hand on their leg the whole way in they 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 need me there so I think that's the same as any type of showing really but the catch riding the whole idea of it even even practicing you have to get into the mindset of riding what you have. And as a coach, I had to change my mindset on not fixing the problem, not fix, not training the horse, just ride what you have. And that was a big shift for me because if my horses weren't loping nice or their heads were up too high or they weren't moving off a leg or they didn't back up well, like I spent the whole hour trying to fix the horse problem instead of teaching the kid how to ride that horse so I think I mean that's just taken that's just taken a lot of time and in the in I mean real world reigning versus team reigning it's so different like what I would coach a rider in real world reigning just for instance you know go into the middle sit still take a breath don't leave the middle until your horse is very very relaxed 
Well, you can't do that in team riding. Half of those horses walk in sideways. They don't stop. Like they don't, they don't spin very well. Always. Every horse is going to spin completely different. So you're just basically trying to teach those kids to adapt, feel and adapt. And as coaches, we look at each other all day long and say the same things. Like we'll just be like shaking our heads. Like, did I not just say that to the last person? Like feel, feel, feel. And then how do we teach feel time? Like there's no other way to teach feel, but years of time. Some people have it. Some people don't. I didn't really. It took me a long time and I'm still working on it. I can tell you out of my mouth how to run a horse down, how to, how to stop it, how to fix it. I can say that out of my mouth. Doing it is completely different. So I'm not sure that you can teach people. You just, just time. So anyways. So you've, you've mentioned a lot about you know, real life experience and, and your journey into this, is there a moment that really stands out to you that you're probably going to take with you for the rest of your career? Oh, wow. I've had a lot of really, really great moments. Like that's, that's a hard one because I think each one like builds me to the next one. So, I mean, simple things like going way back to when I was a kid, like I said, like I, I showed at the Congress when I was 18. I, there was 97 in my class and I was like 35th. And I thought that was awesome because I was in the top few of my class. But I showed at the Pennsylvania State Show that year. My, my younger brother showed with me. I won and he was, that was an awesome moment. Like we walked out there together. So Pennsylvania State War Show, does it really matter now? No, to me now, that's not a big deal. But to me then, that was huge. And that built me to the next moment. I mean, that short stirrup Congress win, like, I, I mean, I never thought, I really never thought I'd even have a kid top 10 at the Congress, let alone win. And I, it's just in a short stirrup. I know that. But like, that was an, that was an amazing moment. And the year before that, that young lady was showing walk trot. Like we went from, we went from showing a little red pony walk trot to a whole mess of things that happened to let leading us to lease that horse two weeks before the Congress. She rode her five times and then went one on. That's really cool. Like that was a, that was a great moment. That horse that she showed Truman is a, is a great mentor of mine. And he, he passed away. He sold us that mare. I was top five in the world on her several times. Top my first top 10 at the Congress. So that horse is just wonderful. I mean, this, this horse and rider, horse trainer of the year, like this is a huge moment. But, but I think every one of those littler moments builds up. Like, is there one specific thing that stands out in my mind? Not really. I mean, there's, I've been just, it's crazy how I just can't say it enough that I just never, I look back on the things that I'm doing and I can't believe it's me. Like, I just never, I never believed in a million years that I would be doing things like this. Like we just, we started, we just started so small and, and it just, it keeps growing a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And I just never believed I would be here. I, I, it is crazy to me that like people across the country are like reading my name. That's, it's nuts. I can't, I just can't even. Well, thank you so much for coming and, and you know, telling us about your story and, and how you, you know, got here. I feel like you 
your career and, and as a coach have already inspired so many riders and, and people, but I'm so glad that we're able to, you know, share your story on an even bigger level and, and inspire more coaches and riders out there also. So is there anywhere on, you know, social media that you want to, you know, drop plug the name if, you know, so people can follow you and your team and, and keep up with you? Absolutely. I'm on Facebook primarily. I do have some stuff happening on Instagram, but if you just look up my name, it's mostly it mostly everything's under there. There's a there's a link to my farm page, but everything is mostly my my personal page is not very personal. It's all Eminem equestrians and my barn always. So we we would love that. We have a lot going on all of the time. I mean, I also like I just I just want to leave people with the fact that this this horse world, this business is really scary like it's a it's a big world and I think sometimes people don't even start because they don't think they can get where they want to go and something that I I ask my people when they come is what do you what do you want if money didn't matter if time didn't matter like if you're a mother and time didn't matter if if horsepower didn't matter if none of that stuff mattered what would you do? Like, where do you want to go? And and I don't care if it takes 15 years. I don't care. I don't care if I don't, if I'm not even here to watch you do it, but where, where do you want to, like, where do you want to be? And usually those big long-term dreams that people think they would never be able to do in a year or two, we're doing them. And, and just, just don't think you can't. There's always a way. Like if there's something you want to do, lease a horse, go, go work for somebody, go find somebody like me that will help you. Like there are people excited to help you out there. So if the first person you call doesn't work, call five more, call 10 more. If your daughter's showing horses right now and you wish you were doing it, don't wait for another excuse. Go, go do it. Go horse show. I mean, and just find a way because that's what I did. Like I took That's what my dad did. That's what he taught me. Like I took whatever I had and I, I made it work. And then I found a way to get somewhere else. And I found a way to get somewhere else. And any time there was a roadblock, I jumped over it or I moved it. Like, and I know it's not going to happen every day or going to happen overnight. I, I mean, I just recently got a horseback in my program that I'm winning on, but I went four years without winning a thing. Like, I just think it's important. Like you're going to have down times. You're going to not win for a while. You're going to like, there's going to be all these things that happen. Just keep going and believe that you can. If you want something, figure it out. And that's, that's what I want to give to everybody out there. That's what I want to give my people. And that's what I want to give to anybody that, that hears this. If you're struggling or you feel like you can't do it, I promise you can, because I did. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. And I'm sure our listeners will look forward to learning more about you. Thank you so much, girls. Thank you guys for tuning into the Ride Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Horse and Rider Magazine on social media and find us at horseandrider.com. If you guys have any questions or comments, please be sure to hit us up at horseandrider at equinenetwork.com. We want to hear from you guys. And if you like what you're listening to, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes.